How to be happy. All right, we are starting week two of our series, How to Be Happy, today. And um, I think it's uh, going to be a really helpful message for you guys today. So we're talking, my, the title of my message today is Lasting Happiness. Isn't that what we want? Lasting Happiness. Lynn Rosen was a psychotherapist living in Brooklyn, New York. Her partner, John Littig, um, was a motivational speaker. So together, they went on the airwaves and did a regular radio program called The Pursuit of Happiness. Pursuit of Happiness. And on it, though they weren't uh, of any religion or, or spiritual persuasion, they would tell people and give advice for how to be happy, right? How to pursue happiness. And they would give some tips, um, like do something spontaneous, even if it's sexual. Like that was one of the tips that they gave. And they said, basically, do whatever you can to become the best version of you. And though they taught everybody else how to be happy and pursued it, they didn't have it. Because in 2013, together, they put bags over their head and together took their own lives. These are the people telling us how to be happy. It's sad, but the truth is every single human being pursues happiness. We all do, even the people that take their own lives. Blaise Pascal, a philosopher and a follower of Jesus, said that. He said everybody pursues happiness, every decision we make. He said whether you go to war or don't go to war. And, and maybe for us today, it's like whether um, you, you get married or you don't get married. Whether you have kids or you don't get, have kids, everybody is pursuing happiness in the decisions they make because they think if I make this decision, it will help me get happier. The problem is it's not working. <laughs> the things we try, we choose because we think in that moment it will make me happy. But what we find out is a lot of those things that we've been pursuing don't bring lasting happiness. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. How do we actually find lasting happiness? If I think, if I ask you, well, how do you guys find pleasure and, and happiness? If that was the series, like how to find momentary happiness, you'd all be like, I know how to do that. Why you guys are here for this series and why people are interested in it is, is because we want the lasting happiness. So I'm going to teach you something very simple and yet very hard, right? Very simple, very hard. And it's this, that sin cannot offer lasting happiness. Only God can. Simple, right? Yet so hard. We know it. Sin can't offer lasting happiness. Only God can. So we started our series last week, How to Be Happy, um, with a message called God Wants You to Be Happy. And if you missed that message, like, still watch this one. Like, this is good. But that one's a real foundational message, so I want you to go back and listen to that if you haven't done it. If you're just joining us online, you can go to risedenver.com slash media. You can find the audio, video, and transcript of every message. You can subscribe there. And we, we talked about this concept from the Bible that God does really want us to be happy. And I hope that you are convinced by that. If you're not, we're actually giving away some books today called God's Promise of Happiness. Isn't that pretty good? That's a good, good book. We actually have a whole bunch of copies in the back, so you can grab one in the back. Um, less than 100 pages. Anybody can read this, right? So we want you to take this book if you're going to read it. If you're not going to read it, don't take it, please, because somebody else will want it. And if you're online, you can actually um, request a copy of that, and we'll send it to you, your preference of digital or physical. Online, there's a, a link for it, or even if you're here in person, you want us to send you one, but you can grab these on the way out. 
Because God does want us to ha- be happy. And, and as I even taught that, that big idea of God wants you to be happy, people are immediately thinking, well, if he does, then why does he say don't do all those things? Why does he say, hey, hey, don't do this? Because that actually seems pretty good. <laughs> that seems like I, what I want to do, and if I made that decision, it would make me happy. But the truth is, is that we're very, very bad at finding lasting happiness. We're terrible at it. And that's why God is saying, yes, I want you to be happy, and I love you guys so much that I will show you the path you need to walk to find that happiness. You guys don't know how good we have it that God has told us the path to happiness. Okay, We have it very good. We have it very, very good. And that's why we're going to today open up the book of Psalms. So if you have a Bible, get to Psalm 1. Most people think that Psalm 1 is kind of the introduction to the whole book of Psalms. So it's teaching us basically all these psalms, which have some very sad moments in them, very desperate, awful things, people sharing, pouring out their hearts in these psalms. Every single one of them is to teach us how to get to the other side and to find true happiness. In fact, that's what um, one Bible scholar, Mark Fatato, says. He says, the book of psalms is an instruction manual for living a truly happy life. God gives us an instruction manual. Have you read it? (laughs) Or maybe you've read it and you didn't even realize what you were reading. God is telling us he wants us to be happy, and this is the way to do it. This is how to be happy, how to be happy. Kind of like our series, right? So when we keep reading, because you guys want to go farther than just the first line in verse 1, right? Psalm 1, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. So he has three different action words to describe one path. He's like, okay, you're gonna, they're standing, they're sitting, or they're walking, right? There's three action words, and he's just describing, hey, these are all the people that walk in the way of sin or the way of the world because the way of sin is basically any way that isn't God's way. Sin often it could be translated as missing the mark. Here's God's mark. Anything that falls outside of that is sin. And I think it's the way of the world, too, because some of the stuff that you're like, well, pursuing after this thing, I thought it would make me happy, and it doesn't. It's not necessarily sin. It's not always. And it's interesting because it says stand in the way that sinners take. Because I think that sometimes you just walk with the rest of the people around you. You just do what everybody else is doing. And if you do that, it's the same path to unhappiness. Like whether you're sinning or not sinning, if you're just doing what everybody else is doing, you're not going to be happy. That's why people that are experts in the pursuit of happiness take their own lives. Because the things that we chase after in our lives don't bring us happiness. Some of you have experienced that in your life. Some of you are here right now or you're watching online because of that. You're like, yeah, I tried it. It didn't work. It didn't work. And that's what God wants to teach us. That way, sin, it can't offer you lasting happiness. And God doesn't want you to walk in that way, not because he's a bad God. It's because he's a good God. And he cares about you and loves you and says, I want the best for you. I want you to walk in the good path. And I do think it's something that we all need to just be honest about. I mean, Cheryl Crow was honest about it, wasn't it? You remember the song, right? If it makes you happy, it can't be that bad, right? But then she says the truth. If it makes you happy, then why the hell are you so sad? <laughs> right? She's saying that. Okay, it can't be that bad. We'll just make these decisions because it's going to make me happy. A lot of people make decisions. Does it make you happy? And when you do that, you realize, oh my gosh, it made me happy in that moment. I thought it was good. Now I'm miserable. Now I'm sad. 
And that's what God's trying to tell us. Like, you'll be happy for a moment there, but not for lasting happiness. And that's what you really want. You want lasting happiness. So God is telling us that's one path, but there's a better path, the way that you should go. And that's what he's going to tell us next in verse 2. So we already said, blessed is the one who doesn't do that, doesn't walk in sin. But then he says, blessed in the one, in in verse 2, he describes that person. He says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Interesting. The person who delights in the law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? Well, at this point, it may have just been the first five books of the Bible. That's called the Torah, the law. Because this is what they would have had at that time, these first five books of the Bible. But the word Torah, Torah, means instruction. God is giving us instruction, and we know that instruction goes far beyond just these first five books of the Bible. It includes the Psalms. It includes all 66 books of our Bible. This is the instruction from God. It's his instruction manual for how to be happy. And he's saying you should read this and you should even delight in it. You should be happy just from reading and meditating on this book. Did you notice that? He said, and who meditates on his law day and night. Meditation. The word meditate here in Hebrew is the Hebrew word haggah. I'm giving you guys all sorts of Hebrew today, right? You guys like that? The word haggah. Um, it, it's one of those words. I, is it called an onomatopoeia? Like haga, 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 haga. It's like chewing. Okay? Haga, 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 haga. It's like a cow chewing its cud. And you look at its mouth, and it just is continually moving, right? Haga, 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 haga. It can mean to chew. And it's saying, hey, that's what you should do with God's word. You should eat it. You should chew it. You should savor it. Stick with it. Stay with it. Keep chewing. And I think it's really interesting. When you meditate on God's word and you're kind of saying it to yourself, you do that. You kind of like talk like this. Has anybody in here ever memorized scripture before? Man, it's one of the best practices you could do. I really encourage it. I love memorizing scripture. If you're around here long enough, I'm going to make you do it, okay? In fact, we do these things called core groups. Some of you have done core groups. Um, They'll launch again in October. If you're interested, you can sign up online and get on the wait list. But we meet and, and memorize scripture for six months straight, like, There's a bunch of other stuff with it, but that's one of the things we do. Because you meditate on it. When you have to memorize it, it gets stuck in your head, and you think about it. And sticks in your head and stays in there, and you think about it. Um, I first started memorizing scripture when I was in college, and I had a job taking care of lab animals. It was really glamorous. Because what I would do every day, I didn't, you know, run the labs. You know, I wasn't doing anything fancy. I would just shine a flashlight in and check on the mice and rats to make sure they were okay, that they had food and they had water, and I'd take care of them if they needed anything. And it was just this monotonous job for like hours, right? Just looking at every single cage with a flashlight. And as I'm looking at them, I'm like, I can do this and think about something else, right? So I started memorizing Bible verses. And if you had walked by during this time, you would have seen this. Hugga, 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 hugga. Because I was saying it to myself, right? I'm just by myself listening to Radiohead and um, memorizing scripture. I don't know what, like, I don't know if those get together, but that's just what I listen to in college. So there I was memorizing scripture and I'm hugga, hugga, hugga. I'm chewing on it over and over. And as you chew on it, you start thinking about it and you recognize things in it. And you're like, oh, I didn't even notice that before. Like, oh, and here's why. Because a lot of people, they read God's word and they do not delight in it. When I tell you, hey, does, does reading the Bible make you happy? A lot of you are like, <laughs> it's like the last thing I do if I want to be happy is read the Bible because you haven't chewed it. You haven't savored it. 
Even when you read the Bible, you're like scrolling on Instagram. Oh, that's a cool verse. Moving on to the next thing, right? I know you guys. I've seen you. That's like your Bible for the day. Like, great, okay? You haven't chewed it. You haven't stayed with it and savored it. And maybe that's the reason why it doesn't bring you happiness. You haven't chewed it long enough to taste how good it is. Jeremiah, when he gets God's word, this is what he says in Jeremiah 15, 16. When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight. Ah, they were good, God. Thank you so much. In Psalm 19, it says that the Lord's laws are right. They make people happy. Some of you are like, God's law making people happy? That doesn't make any sense. you got to chew on that. Because let me tell you, every single thing that God says, whether it's to not do something or to do something, it's for your good and for your happiness. And if you haven't figured out why, you haven't chewed on it long enough. Seriously. If you have something in your mind like, how could God say not to do this? It doesn't seem to make any sense. If I did that, I would be happy. Chew on it and come back to me and we'll talk about it once you've realized why God says that. If you haven't figured it out, you haven't chewed long enough. Keep chewing on God's word. And, And not only will it show you how to be happy by doing the things... But even in the process of chewing on God's word, you will find happiness. This is one of the coolest things. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it tells us that the Bible was given to us and the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, works through the Bible. Did you know that? When you read the Bible, when you think about it, when you chew on it, meditate it, memorize it, whatever you do with it, God is speaking through it. He's right there with you. Have you ever spent time with someone that you like really looked up to? Someone you really admired and you spend time with that person, you just, they're like, oh, they're way up here, like they're awesome. When you're with that person and they say something nice to you, have you ever had this happen? It's like worth a billion bucks. Makes you feel good for days, right? Like sometimes Melissa will tell me something like a hundred times and then somebody else will tell me something that like I respect. And she's like, I've been telling you that for a hundred times. Why didn't you listen to me? But then when that one person says the one thing, it's like you could live on that for months, Right? Because it's someone important. Well, guess what? God's very important. And he wants to meet with you and talk with you. His spirit wants to work through his word in your heart and in your life. And if you just listen to him and be with him, you realize, wow, he's got something good for me every single time I'm with him. If I would just spend time chewing his word. And God can speak to you and that will lift up your spirit. So even in the process of reading God's word and chewing on it, you can find happiness in that. One of the big applications I'm going to give you guys today is very simple. Spend time with God every single day. Meditating on his word. Yes, that means thinking about it. Eastern meditation with the Eastern religions, meditation is emptying your mind and thinking of nothing, right? And if you ever try to think of nothing, man, it's hard. Because then you're thinking about thinking about nothing, right? I I don't get it. But biblical meditation is filling your mind with something. It's filling your mind not with the worries and burdens of your life, but with the reality of God's word, to fill your mind with it, to think about it, and chew on it over and over again until you got something. You're like, oh, that's good. Now I'm ready for my day. And I want to challenge everybody to start doing that five minutes a day. It's going to transform your life. Five minutes a day. Here's the crazy thing. I've told you this whole series that psychological studies now are proving what the Bible has said for thousands of years. This psalm was probably written like 3,000 years ago. And there's a study, um, there are several studies that have come out. And Sean Actor um, 
uh, wrote a book called The Happiness Advantage. So he's secular. He's not a religious person at all. He's just a psychology professor at Harvard. And he looked at all the different happiness studies that people have been doing for the last 30 years and tried to summarize them. And his first thing, his like top thing to do if you want to be happy, do you know what it is? Meditate. And he talks about one study that actually examined the brains of monks. People who, it's their job to meditate for multiple hours a day. And they tracked them. And what they found is that when the, with these monks, there's a part of their brain, uh, the, the prefrontal cortex, that actually expands. I don't know if you guys knew this. Modern um, neuroscience is telling us that our brain changes and grows when you think about certain things. And what they have found is these monks, their prefrontal cortex actually grows. And what it leads to is them feeling happy. Interesting, right? Some of you are like, well, I'm not a monk. <laughs> I don't think any of you are monks, are you? If we got a monk watching online, I'd love for you to just comment right now. Like, hey, like we'd love to hear from you. But most of us aren't monks. We're like, I can't memorize scripture and meditate on it for hours a day. But here's what you can do five minutes a day. There's another study that just tracked people that meditated for five minutes a day, and they found that it can permanently rewire your brain to raise levels of happiness, lower stress, and even improve your immune system. You'll be happier and healthier if you meditate for five minutes a day. Do you have five minutes a day to be happier? I hope so, right? I think we all could do that. So that's going to be like my main application for you guys today, just five minutes a day. To meditate on God's word. And it's almost like God's like, hey guys, I said this 3,000 years ago. Why didn't you listen to me then, right? But it's because God wants us to be happy. And that's why he told us this thing. And finally, like our psychology is catching up. <laughs> our neuroscience is catching up. So to meditate on God's word. And this is what God tells us will happen to the person who meditates on God's word and who chews on it. Verse 3. It says that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. This person's like a tree. Now, the Psalms were in Israel, in a very desert area, and if you've ever been to the desert, you know like there's not very many tra trees unless you go next to the river. And then there's a bunch of trees, because they can go right next to the, to the river, and they can put deep roots down, suck up that water, and then grow huge. It doesn't even matter if they're in a desert. And everything else around them is dead. They can thrive and be strong. And God says, if you meditate on my word, that's what you can be. You can flourish and have lasting happiness like a tree whose leaf does not wither. And whatever they do, it says, prospers. This is an interesting thing because a lot of us are chasing after prosperity. We're chasing after money. We're chasing after success. Here's the paradox. If you chase after prosperity and success, you will be unhappy. But if you chase after God and follow his way, you will be happy and he'll throw prosperity in there. Like as an add-on. That's why Jesus would say, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all those other things will be added to you. It might be a different prosperity than everybody else thinks, but you're like, I don't need a car. I don't need this stuff on Amazon because I got a happiness and a joy now. But it, it does say prosperity now, this is so important for us because it seems like so much of us that are chasing after prosperity, it's like the, just you're playing football and like the end zone keeps moving back, right? 
Like you finally get there, oh, now I'm going to be happy because I make this much money. I get the raise, and then you need more money, and then you need more stuff, and then you need a better car and a bigger house, and that house isn't nice enough. I need solar panels on the roof. Like I need more and more and more, and it keeps moving back to the end zone, and you're never happy. That's the worldly way to prosperity. But when you chase after God, you're content with what you have, and he'll make you prosperous and successful. It's amazing that God throws that in. Jack Higgins, um, I think he just passed away last month, but he, famous, uh, best-selling fiction author. One of his books sold 50 million copies. As successful as you can get as an author. And somebody asked, like, hey, what what do you wish you could, like, tell your younger self? And he said, I wish somebody had told me that when you get to the top, there's nothing there. Nothing there. Worldly success doesn't get there, but if you're like the tree planted by streams of water, soaking in, drinking in God and his word, following his path, learning how to be obedient to him, you realize, wow, I am happy and I'm strong and I'm flourishing. Some of you, though, are like, well, Matt, I've been a Christian for a while and I'm unhappy. Okay, call it out. It's true. You might struggle with depression. You might struggle with unhappiness. And that may be part of the seasons of your life. Okay, I'm I'm just telling you this because this passage tells us that you will bear fruit. You will have happiness. What does it say, though? In season. How long does it take for a tree to bear fruit? Years. When when you plant it for the first time, it can take years. Depending on the tree, three years, seven years, ten years, fifteen years. We planted a crabapple tree uh, a few years ago, and we didn't like plant it from a seed or a sapling or anything. We're we're Americans, okay? We got the whole tree right and put it in, and we did it three years ago. And for the first two seasons, there was no blooming, there was no fruit. This spring, the first time, three years in, we got some pink blossoms coming out. And it's not even all the way covered. It's just like a little bit. And I'm so excited. I'm like, all right, finally. We've been watering this thing for three years. I've been staking the stakes of fertilizer in every year. Grow this tree. And finally, we got the blooms. And that means that it will bear fruit. And it's not even close to its peak production. And guess what? There will be a winter coming up where there will be no fruit. And then another spring. And then blossoms. And then maybe more fruit next year. There are seasons of our life. There may seem like, oh, I'm going for a long time without the happiness I want. Months, maybe even years. But if we keep putting our roots down into the source that is God, drinking it in, chewing on his word over and over again, we will eventually blossom and bear fruit. And then there may be another season of no fruit. But then it will come again. But if you're planted, God says, If you're planted there, you will bear fruit in season. So I just want to tell you guys, encourage you, if you're not feeling that happiness right now, just stick with it. Keep at it. Keep chewing on God's word daily, and you will bear fruit. And and this image of this tree bearing fruit with with the deep roots, like I want you guys to see that because God says next, the alternative, the path of sin. Verse 4, not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. 
Verse 5, therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Two main imageries in this psalm. There's the image of the happy tree planted by streams of living water, the righteous person who walks with God and is blessed abundantly and bears fruit. And then the wicked who find the temporary happiness, but then blow away like chaff. Do you know what chaff is? Some people, some people are like, I have no idea, Matt. We're not farmers here. We're city people. You think I'm a farmer? So I wanted to show you a, a video of what chaff is, okay? So here's this farmer, and he's got a bucket of wheat. He would have just harvested this from the field, and as he dumps it next to the fan, you can see that the fan, the wind, is blowing away the chaff because it's light and worthless, and the only thing left falling into his container is the wheat. The seeds that are actually good because they have more weight. And you can actually see after he's done all of that, there's the wheat there. The chaff is blown away. Now, they didn't have electric fans back in in this day 3,000 years ago. But what they would have done was they would have taken pitchforks and they would have taken the the wheat and they would have thrown it up into the air. And if even there's just a gentle breeze coming, they would have thrown it up into the air and the breeze would have taken the chaff away and left the wheat on the ground, separating the wheat from the chaff. Okay? Do you guys get that? We're all city people. Now you finally know, right? When I was in Nebraska, there was all the corn farmers, and there'd be corn, there's chaff from the corn flowing all over the city because there's a lot of wind in Nebraska, and there's chaff everywhere, but it's worthless. You hate it. It's good for nothing. It's only good to be burned. And that's why God wants to see this imagery. If you follow after sin, here's the thing about chaff. When you first harvest the wheat, the chaff and the cedar together. They look the exact same. It's until you throw it up in the air and the wind blows it away. Separate the good from the bad. And that's why I think in that moment of sin, it feels like happiness. It feels like it could be a good thing for my life. But it will just blow you away to destruction, to unhappiness, to misery. And God wants to see very clearly there are two paths to life. And he wants us to have happiness. So we must walk with him. A tree planted by streams of living water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Everything they do prospers. That's the kind of life I want. What about you? Do you guys want to be a tree or chaff? Okay. You want to blow away or, or, or do you want to be the towering oak that can withstand any storm in life, that can even thrive in the desert? That's what I want to be. And I'm telling all of this because it is hard to do this. It's hard to do this. Um, on, on Friday, uh, I just woke up feeling down. Has anybody had that? Like, there was no, like, real reason. I just felt, like, down, a little, just a mild depression, and just didn't feel good. It, Friday's my day off, so I had a problem that I was thinking about it from work all week that was just stuck on my head. Man, that's the quickest way to unhappiness, right? To think about work on your day off, right? Yeah. Am I right? Um, and, and that's what I was feeling. And then I said something dumb to Melissa, and we got into a little argument, I'm very unhappy now, and we go to the pool with the kids, and I'm just sitting there like this. Okay, I'm confessing to you guys right now, okay? This just sour look on my face, like, the kids are having a blast, throwing around balls, having fun, splashing each other, and I'm just, have you guys ever been that way? Just like, I'm not feeling happy. And I'm thinking in my head, like, I feel so unhappy right now, and i got to get up in front of everybody on Sunday and tell them how to be happy. What a hypocrite, right? I'm like, ugh. And I was like, well, I, 
I think I know what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> supposed to be going to the Psalms, right? Supposed to be going to God's word. And you know what? I knew it. I'd practiced my message. It was done by that point. I knew what I was going to teach you guys today, and I was like, I don't want to do it. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not going to do it. You ever done that? We know what we're supposed to do, and we don't want to do it. I know what will make me happier, and I'm not going to do it. So finally, I cracked open my Bible, and I'm like, I guess I'll at least read Psalm 1. I started reading it. Then I started praying. I was just like, God, I don't feel happy. Can you, can you help me right now in this moment to feel some of your happiness again? Started praying and praying. And then I, Melissa did that song this morning, let it ten th- or a thousand hallelujahs. And I was like, okay, what are some things I need to be thankful for? Because that's what it tells us in the scripture. That's what we're taught to be thankful in all circumstances. And I'm like, what do I have to be thankful for? I'm like, wow, I got a lot of stuff. And I just start praying God, like, thank you for this. And it, sometimes it's like a, a, a switch that flips. But a lot of times it's just like slowly, slowly you're with God and you're like, I'm not happy, I'm not happy. And then all of a sudden, like Friday afternoon, I felt great. I was like, why did it take me all day, (laughs) you know, to start meditating on God's word, to chew on it, to get into the Psalms like I'm going to be telling everybody else to do. But I'm telling you this because I struggle just like you do. And we all want to be happy. And we've got to learn that the way of sin, the way of the world, it can't lead to lasting happiness. Maybe momentary. Might feel good for you for a day, week, month, years. But you'll find it's an unhappiness. It's a misery that comes. It's chaff that blows away. But if you walk with Jesus and follow him, plant your roots into God's word, drinking it in, chewing on it, realizing God wants you to be happy. He loves you. He forgives you even when you're foolish and stupid and know better and don't do what you're supposed to do. He still loves you. And he wants you to walk in the path of happiness that will last. And that's what I want for you. So, I want to give you a few simple applications today, right? Pretty simple. One, I got a free book for you guys. It's called God's Promise of Happiness. Very short, under 100 pages, so meaning you could read it. We have some copies at the table. No, we are out of copies. We gave them all away for service, turns out. But you can get a copy for free online. If you go to the QR code in front of you or you shoot the one behind me on the screen uh, that we'll have up here in a second... If you shoot that QR code, we will mail you a physical copy or a digital copy of this book because we want you to be happy, okay? So you can do this less than 100 pages. If you're going to read it, fill this out. If you're not going to read it, don't get it, okay? But if you're going to read it and you want to grow in your happiness, we want to help you do that. So that's one simple way that you can grow in this. A second one, some of you um, are reading in the Bible every day. Like that, you already have that habit. You already are meditating on God's word. If that's you, I encourage you to really Dive into the Psalms because there are moments, there are times, there are seasons where you feel unhappy. Keep with it. I'll tell you, during our period of infertility, I read the Psalms over and over and over again, and I would not stop reading them until I felt better. Have you stuck with that that long? Have you kept chewing until you feel better? Don't stop until you forget it. I don't care if it takes hours all night long. Stick with it. But some of you have never started that practice of reading the Bible daily. You don't know even what God has to say for you or the way he wants you to live. So I want to challenge you to five minutes a day. And I have another QR code up here. The reading plan, okay? If you shoot this code, it's actually going to send you to a reading plan. Six days. This week, five minutes a day, two verses to read each day. There's a little bit to read, two verses to read, and then just spend some time meditating on it. 
and you guys can do it with me. I'm going to do it with you guys this week. If you shoot that QR code, we'll do it as a group. You can get on there and you can see who's doing it. You can even leave a little comment if something spoke to you. And just start this daily habit so that you can develop that so that over a lifetime you will find that you have the seasons of bearing fruit and happiness. But it takes that daily meditation on God's word to get there. So I want to encourage you. If you haven't started, start, guys. What are you waiting for? Like, what do you have to lose? Five minutes a day, you can do it this week. So those are my applications for you because I want you to be happy. God wants you to be happy. And he said, there's this whole path out there. It's like chaff, you'll blow away. Don't go after sin. Sin cannot offer you lasting happiness. Only God can. So walk with him daily, meditating on his word. Plant your roots. Be like that firm, strong tree that will bear its fruit in season. Let's pray together. Um, Lord God, um, we just come to you um, because we want happiness and you have told us the way to happiness and most of us aren't even doing it. I pray that you'd help us, give us the power so that we could walk in the way of true happiness, the way that you have taught us in Psalm 1 and in all the Psalms. pray that you'd help us grow in our faith, help us um, continue to chew and understand your word when there's things we don't quite get or it doesn't make sense. We keep chewing until you give us something good for us, that you would change our very hearts to be like Jeremiah, that we would delight in your word, that when your words come, we eat them and they're our joy and our hearts delight. Pray that you would make us to be the men, the women, the children that would, that would seek after you in all things and find the true lasting happiness that is found only in you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.